From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, and, of course, our predecessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, with us as well. And longtime friends, special guest tonight. We'll introduce him to you in a couple of minutes, Pastor Dave Broyles from Ceres and... uh, you know, God has, has gifted David in, in, in enormous ways, in many ways, and we're going to be exploring many of those uh, tonight. And so we'll be talking to Dave in just a minute. Right now, though, let's get to it with our friends from Voice of the Market. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with news about some more real-life Jesus freaks. It's 180 AD, Carthage. The proconsul is giving a group of Christians one last chance to come to their senses and swear supreme allegiance to their emperor. Sparatus responds, I do not recognize any empire of this present age. Sentinus adds, There is no one whom we fear except the Lord our God who is in heaven. A third accused man, Donata, maybe says it best, Honor Caesar as Caesar, but fear God. The proconsul sentences them to die never understanding that these men are not enemies of the government, but their citizenship is in heaven, and their first loyalty is to God. Will you take a stand? For more on the Voice of the Martyrs, go online to persecution.com. And we're back with you here at Lighthouse Live, and we're going to get to some fun stuff. First, let's take a quick look at some opportunities to serve from the Linda Hand List from the United Way. Can you believe, guys, that Thanksgiving is just right around the corner? No, I'm still stuck in August myself. Well, we're still stuck in a lot of things, but we won't go there. You know, Fine. I, <laughs> a little car trouble today, but hey. Yeah, that's all right. We're, uh, we're here. We're little here. fuse. Little just fuse? A little fuse. Okay. Who, who'd know? Who yeah, would know? Yeah. But we're glad that everybody's here safely yes. and we're back on the yeah, road absolutely. again. Uh, Thanksgiving, a uh, chance for you to help out with the Modesto Gospel Mission. They're having their th- great Thanksgiving banquet and bundle up. Uh, this will be Wednesday, November 23rd starting at 4 in the afternoon for the needy and homeless in our community, friends. And in addition to this year's special Thanksgiving meal with all the fixings, the mission will also be distributing coats and warm clothing for those in need. So volunteers are needed to help out on this special day with decorations, uh, set up and clean up, serving the dinner and sorting and distributing the coats and clothing. Uh, they're going to have shifts available starting uh, when three-hour shifts starting at 10 in the morning. Families are welcome to volunteer. Serve with your family, so you want to get in on that. Also at the Salvation Army, Modesto Citizen.
Citadel. Thanks for giving dinner is scheduled for Thursday on that very special day at the Modesto Center Plaza for needy individuals and families. So if you're 18 years and older, uh, you want to uh, volunteer for that. Uh, and if you're set 12 to 17 years, uh, be present with your parent. You're asked to join in the activities there, serve dinner, and a whole lot more. Also, the Salvation Army Red Shield Center had a chance to meet some of the wonderful folks there when we were at uh, the Phoenix University uh, this uh, last weekend. We met some of those uh, folks there. The Community Thanksgiving Dinner uh, is co-sponsored by the Red Shield and Series Rotary. Uh, so that takes place Friday, November 18th at 5 p.m. Volunteers ages 14 years and older are needed to help serve dinner and uh, clean up from 4 uh, to 7.30 p.m. Monetary donations, uh, non-perishable canned foods and rolls are needed and much appreciated so you can serve there. And also the United Samaritans Foundation doing a great job there with their Thanksgiving Day dinner distribution of providing hot holiday meals to the needy in series. Houston, Keys, Modesto, and Turlock. And of course that'll be on Thursday, November 24th. So just uh, many opportunities for you, dear friends, to get involved with helping out with uh, the special holiday meals. You know, and a great uh, opportunity for us to remember that uh, certainly at Thanksgiving, uh, these meals are needed, but uh, for the rest of the 364 days a year uh, as well. So it's hard to believe that the holidays are here, but they are indeed. So we need to uh, jump in there and, and get involved. Many opportunities for you to do that. Some ongoing opportunities and uh, followed by the holidays, another favorite time. And I know favorite people, tax time and uh, our friends at AARP putting in that tax aid program. And I just had to mention that, didn't I? You know, they're still sending me fan mail and I wish they'd leave me alone. It's a great organization. (laughs) I mean, Like, but I'm in denial. I you know, know. It's I a good place to be. It is. In denial, not Just, a river somewhere, but no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Prepare federal and, and uh, state income tax returns for seniors. Uh, and we won't, we won't qualify that. No. Uh, no, no. But in low too, income. Too young for AARP. Right. And low income taxpayers in Stanislaus County, volunteers ages 18 years and older, needed to assist individuals with tax returns in Modesto, Newman, and Turlock. Mm-hmm. Volunteers should be comfortable working with numbers. That's not me. Have some familiarity with simple tax returns and computer experience. All volunteers receive free three to four-day comprehensive training to be held uh, early in January of next year and asked to volunteer at least four hours per week between February 1 and April 15th. That dreaded day. The AARP Tax Aid Program is the nation's largest free volunteer fun. No, that's volunteer run tax. Did I say fun? There's nothing fun about that, is there? Anyway, counseling and preparation service helping more than 3 million people nationwide file their tax returns every uh, return last year. And they do this every year. So that's a great thing that they do. If you have any questions about any of these opportunities, call our friend Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email bborba at uastan.com. You know, you mentioned our good friends Barbara and uh, Vern Dethridge, uh, and uh, they used to be uh, the directors there of the uh, Union Gospel Mission, Modesto Gospel Mission uh, here in this area, and just recently retired and uh, have moved away to uh, to do some more ministry uh, elsewhere. And uh, we just want to thank them for the many, many years that they served so uh, sacrificially and, and so well here in the Modesto area. And I forget the name of the organization, but they were just honored with what they call the Good A 
Egg Award. Good Egg the Award. The Good Egg Award. Awesome. You know, it's like being a good egg. And, and actually, at, it's a very interesting uh, ceremony because what they actually do is they have chefs out in the lobby of the convention center, and they make your omelets to order. You know, uh, for this good egg uh, breakfast and, and award. Anyway, our, con- our congratulations and thanks to uh, Vern and Barbara Dethridge for just uh, their sacrificial service for many, many years at the Modesto Gospel Mission. Absolutely. And here on the ABC front line, we have a Modesto family needing a washer and an electric dryer. And the mom of this family needs a walker with wheels and a seat as she's disabled, and uh, if you can provide any of of these things, let us know. We have a Salida man in need of a standard-type wheelchair. He needs that. And then uh, a refrigerator uh, for a man and his wife, and she needs uh, um, a refrigerator. She has diabetes and and needs to keep her insulin cold. So if you have uh, any of these items, we want to stress that the refrigerator needs to be in working condition, good, Mm. clean uh, working condition for her. Uh, Call us at 209-544-9571, and we'll uh, connect these items uh, to where they need to go. 209-544-9571. And uh, a longtime brother, as as Mike said, and a friend, and for many years has been a a shepherd and assistant and senior pastor, too, for a while at the Series Christian Church. And... uh, I just want to give a big warm welcome. Did we say author and a man who knows the rich and famous and just all of those things? <laughs> and we just want to welcome Pastor David Broyles to to Lighthouse Live. David, so good to have you here with us tonight. Thank you, man. It's good to be here. Oh, it's good to have you here. And I think the last time you were here was, uh, we, actually, it was in the other building, wasn't it, uh, a while ago? So it's been uh, several years since you we've been here. Wanna just make sure that he's uh, Although I do come and uh, and visit with you once in a while, I haven't been here before in the new facilities here, so it's good to be with you tonight. Great, great to be, uh, great to have you with us, and it's uh, uh, good to have you with us tonight too. Yeah, well, you know, this is uh, you know, it's one of those unexpected things. Mm-hmm. You know, we were we were at a, a leadership retreat of, of shepherds here in the city, and and uh, one of the senior shep- we you know we jokingly call him the bishop. You know, Cliff Traub, and I think he's probably Pope by now as far as, uh, you know, just having some fun with him. Anyway, uh, his car quit working and, you know, we, we were jumping it and, and, uh, wasn't working. And so finally we had to wait for AAA. And this is way up in Twain Heart. And it takes about an hour, you know, to, for AAA to, to, to get there. And, and what it turned out to be was a fuse, you know, believe it or not. Yeah. So, well, we were something simple. Huh? You were talking about Thanksgiving. We all thought we were going to have to celebrate Thanksgiving here. here yes. Well, I, uh, <laughs> thank you for your, for your patience. Yeah. <laughs> and Dave, you, you just, God's gifted you in, in many ways, a writer. Let, let's talk about what's happening uh, w- with you and, and your writing right now. Well, I haven't, I haven't written much in the last uh, three or four years because of some of the circumstances mm-hmm. that have gone on in my life. I uh, just recently um, just kind of got the knack or the urge to write again. And uh, I had written a manuscript uh, several years ago, uh, and uh, I just kind of put it on the shelf. Um, and uh, so when I got the urge to start writing again, I had already written it, but I had to edit it, you know. And so I did that, and I uh, I sent it to my publisher. I hadn't sent anything in a long time, and... They accepted it, which I was pretty surprised, but uh, 
I was glad they did. Well, great. Now, your book, Death Rides a Paint Horse, uh, this was back in, what, 2003, wasn't it? Yeah. I th- uh, uh, Miracle at Tombstone was the first right. one, Miracle and that was Tombstone. 2000. And then, and then a couple of years later, I wrote its sequel, Death Rides a Paint Horse. There you go. And uh, so it's been a while since I've uh, had anything out there. Now, obviously, the, the Western genre has some deep roots. How, Dave, what... what uh, where, where did that come from? Where did that creative stuff uh, well up from? For oh, you? well, I, you know, I, when I was a kid, you know, back when the Earth's crust was still cooling and, <laughs> you know, when the, when the Dead Sea was just sick and not dead, um, you know, they had like 40 Westerns on TV every week. And so my brother and I both grew up you know, on a steady diet of, uh, you know, Roy Rogers, Dale Evans, and yeah, Gene Autry, and yeah. you know, the Rifleman, and all of that. and Chuck Connors. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was we were, my favorite Was that your favorite TV Mike? show? That was my yeah. brother's favorite. The TV. Rifleman. Yeah. yeah. You know? And I've just recently started watching it again. They started uh, showing it on TBS like at 2 in the morning, so I set my DVR, so, because, uh, you know, Johnny Crawford and I are probably about the same age and and uh, now that's so, just not right well yeah well yeah, we were just right. talking about some of these characters that appeared on some of these shows and you have some facebook friends uh, yeah i've just yeah. been very blessed that way you know I, I do have a couple of people that are have been very dear friends yes, for a long time yes, uh, the rest right. of them are just kind of facebook friends or yeah, not that's, you know, that's really cool so. but you talked about dave some of the things in these last few years that have been sort of painful stuff happening in your life. You've been yeah. through some valleys and, and uh, mm-hmm. some long journeys, and uh, we've known you for several years, and uh, mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of stuff has happened in your life. And uh, we just uh, want to commend you, dear brother, for all of the things that you've been through, and you've come through the other side. Yeah, and I praise God for that. Yes. And, and uh, yeah, it's been, it'll be three years in November that I lost my uh, wife of 38 years mm-hmm. to cancer. Yes, yes. And um, uh, it was, uh, yeah, I always thought I'd be the first one to go. I really did. Usually it's the man that, you know, but uh, we found out, I think it was in May of 2008, that uh, that we found out that uh, Pam had cancer. And, <clears throat> and uh, we thought she was going to be okay because it had a 98% cure rate. But for some, providing the... Uh, Radiation was effective, but it wasn't effective, and and so she was gone by November of that year, and then um, a year later, I lost my daughter to the same to the same disease, except it was breast cancer, and then everybody probably knows October is uh, breast cancer mm-hmm. awareness yeah, month, absolutely. and uh, you know both of those were you know, were devastating, but I, I have to say that losing my daughter was very devastating. Mm. 30, she was only 38. She would have been 40, uh, October the 5th of this year. And, uh, it was, it's tough, you know, when, when something like that happens and, uh, but you know, God saw me, saw me through it and, uh, God reconnected me with my first love, yes. Paula, yeah. which was to me was a miracle. And cause I didn't even know where she was at. And uh, she was uh, my pastor's daughter when I was a kid, and we lived around the corner from each other, and and you know we just reconnected. You and, did some uh, guest preaching at a church, was it in the Bay Area? Or? Yeah, her brother yeah, pastors yeah. Uh, Casterville, but but we had talked on the phone before mm-hmm. then, you know, and I and I kept in contact with her brother a lot because her brother was an evangelist, and I'd have him a few times, you know, come to our church, so. 
And Dave, what what was your road into uh, full time vocational ministry? How did God uh, construct that for you? Well, again, back in the early days, <laughs> back, <laughs> well, uh, you know, I can't remember when I wanted to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom said that when I was five years old, I'd tell her I wanted to be a preacher. I wanted to be a minister. I don't, I don't even remember that. You know, of course, when I really gave my life to Christ and I was, you know, I felt the call into the ministry, went away to Bible college and um, then uh, pastored my first church when I was 21, I think it was, which was too young, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so this this month marks my 40th year mm. as an as an ordained minister. Wow. Mm. Wow. Yeah, mm. some of it with a, a former denomination, and um, some of it with Serious Christian Church. I've been at Serious Christian for uh, going on 14 years. Oh. Doesn't seem possible. <laughs> you know, one thing, uh, Dave, as a pastor, to 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 pastor others, and to um, bring the word out and and bring good hope. Uh-huh. You know, from God's word, but another when you're the one that needs the hope, and you're the one that needs the comfort, and you're the one going through the the stuff. What uh, what parts of the word, Dave, just maybe uh, took on added dimensions for you as you were going through uh, this life changing stuff with uh, your wife and and your daughter? Uh, John eleven twenty five comes to mind. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Mm. First Thessalonians 4, you know, the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of an archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. First uh, Corinthians 15, 51 and 52, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump. Uh, I can't ever requote that scripture without thinking about the uh, uh, the sign that was over a baby nursery and, and said, they shall not all sleep, but they shall all be changed. <laughs> isn't that cute? I love it. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that adorable? You never lost hope. And, and, and one thing you never seem to lose, Dave, is your sense of humor. Oh, you, you get, you've you got to laugh at life. You, you, know, you know, there's times when you don't laugh. There's a time not to laugh, mm. you know. Uh, but humor has been such a part of my life. I, you know, we were talking about yes, that before, we uh, about uh, my love for comedy and, yes. and uh, you know some of the old comedians that were you know didn't have to be dirty to be funny. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And, That's a lost art, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. You know, we I used to watch uh, the Dean Martin comedy roast. You know, and of course they, they they were borderline sometimes, but they most of the time they were pretty clean. They didn't have to be f- dirty to be funny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they would roast uh, a certain person every, every month or so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I used to love that. In fact, I got, I got some on DVD now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then I thought, you know, they they were going to roast, uh, William Shatner on the comedy channel the other mm-hmm. night. So I thought, well, you know, that sounds pretty cool. And I thought it was going to be just like the ones back in the sixties. <laughs> and I turned that thing on, man. In about five seconds, I said, this is not for me, man, mm-hmm. because I mean, they, you know, just every kind of word you can think of, you know, so I should have known better, but. Anyway, that's you're like you say that's a lost art, you know. But we were talking about good comedians, yes, that, even yes, Christian sure, comedians yeah, like Mark yeah. Lowry and uh, yes. Bob Smiley. Bob Smiley, know. love him. They're wonderful, and and that they and they're hilarious, yes. you know. Yeah, so we've gotten involved, and you've been involved a lot, uh, for many years in, in productions and directing the plays and what have you that go on series Christian Church and a lot of other places as well. Yeah, you know. Um, when we moved into our new facilities about nine years ago, it's been almost nine years, I think. Um, 
we had kind of a, a drama department, but it was kind of loose. It wasn't it wasn't really organized. So God laid on my heart to start New Life Productions and and make that to be the the drama uh, arm of our church. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when we really started trying to uh, take take the drama to the next level and not. You know, a lot of times people think, you know, oh, it's just the church. It doesn't have to be that great. You know, you just, you know, just throw it together because, you know, well, I beg to differ. I think mm. if it's the yes. church, it should be the best you can do with what you have. Absolutely. You know, it, 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 when you do something for God, it should be the best. And so we try, we actually do our best to, um, you know, whatever it takes to, to make it the best that we can be. We're not, none of us are professional actors, you know. Uh, my my friend Lauren says that I'm a, a frustrated uh, would be actor because <laughs> but that's I, I don't think I'm I'm in the calling that you know uh, but uh, well if you look at television today I think there's a lot of them <laughs> they're frustrated would bes yeah <laughs> well and he's sure. talking Lauren from Father Knows Best yeah Lauren yes, Chapin yes, yeah yes. she's she's a sweetheart and uh, a dear sister in the Lord yes. and a friend of mine for years and uh, but uh, the uh, you know, we've put on some really great productions and, and we started doing something that probably not very many churches do, especially in this area. And that is we started doing a dinner show every I year. I love that one. I was there last, wasn't last year I was there. Mm-hmm. You guys were marvelous. Well, it, it was a, it's a fundraiser. It's the only fundraiser we have to raise money to do our bigger productions, mm-hmm. which are like, you know, for the Easter and Christmas. And, uh, a couple of years ago, I turned the whole thing over to Joni Crisioni, and she's doing just a great job, and it's oh, wonderful, it's wonderful that I don't have to, you know, do everything. I was so impressed. They it call me great. they call me the producer, but actually, she she is a whirlwind. I mean, I don't see how she gets things done like that, but she does, and it's 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 just been very gratifying mm-hmm. because we, you know we wanted to uh, put things on and and have uh, productions, even even if it had a secular theme like the dinner show. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That would provide wholesome entertainment, you know, for Christian families. So, you know, kind of an alternative. You know, Dave, and I think it's so important uh, that we realize that all all of these giftings are God gifts. Yeah. You know, the gift of drama mm-hmm. and 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 of uh, of singing and and uh, you know, and, and we do need to do the best that we can do. And and uh, I, I think I congratulate you for that because I think it has a dynamic place in. In church today, uh, what what are some of the uh, reactions that you receive? What, what what has God done with with the the drama productions over the years for you? Well, the neat thing about it is that a lot of people that don't go to church and would never step into a church service mm-hmm. will come to uh, you know a play or a, a, and the dinner show. We've had uh, we've even had Jewish folks come to our dinner show, mm-hmm. and uh, right. you know and. And uh, because, you know, everybody loves to laugh. And, and the dinner show is basically comedy. Um, we started off doing some, um, you know, serious things. We did a couple of scenes from West Side Story. We did, you know, things like that. But basically, as, as, as it evolved, it's been mostly comedy now. And so we've done scenes from Happy Days and, uh, you know, Laverne and Shirley and, um, and this this year, uh, we did uh, Joni and I did a scene from uh, Mr. Tudball and Mrs. Wiggins from Carol Burnett, and uh, that went over really good, you know. And we do as the stomach turns once in a while, you know, from Carol Burnett, and and uh, it, it's just it's just we, ha- we it's not only funny to the audience, but I mean it is hysterical for us because nobody sees what goes on during rehearsal, you know. And and sometimes it can it can be it can be funnier than the show, so. So we have a good time doing that. 
Now, you know, you, you turn the clock back, and I, I'm, you know, as I talk to, I remember my mother-in-law, uh, when she was living, would, would tell me, you know, that it, it was evil to go to a movie theater, mm-hmm. you know, much less a live theater. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, she, she seriously thought she might be going to hell because she snuck out Is that right? and saw the coronation oh. of Queen Elizabeth in a movie theater, and she was sure that her salvation might be at risk there over that one, you know. Uh, but again, you know, God has given us uh, all of these gifts in, in this great powerful way, you know, to, to lift him up, yes, lift the Lord up. Through well, and, and that's good that you said that, Mike, because I, I believe that everything that you do should glorify God. And uh, if, you know, you can... You can have a play that even glorifies God, even if it's not, quote, Christian-based, because what you're doing is you're using the gifts and the talents that God has given to you, you know. Uh, I remember a statement Doris Day made years ago um, when uh, every time she said she'd go go before the camera, she'd, she'd say, Lord, use me, you know, use mm-hmm. me to, to bless somebody, use me to bless somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure Doris Day is a, a born-again believer. I don't know what her religious stance is, but I thought that was pretty good. But then I didn't understand that. How can she bless somebody? How can she be used doing that? I totally understand that now. Because well, what a, yeah. What about the people who work in, in secular places, you know? Exactly. You know? It's, there's no difference, you know? Exactly. And if you can, you know, Paul wrote to, uh, I believe it was the Ephesians, and he said, and, and he said, salute those that are in Caesar's household, that are our brothers and sisters. Well, you had people that were working for Caesar himself that were Christians, mm-hmm. you know? So, God called us to be uh, to separation, but not isolation. Yes. And I think we get that messed okay. up sometimes. Okay. And that's that's one of the basis of of why I like to write. Mm-hmm. You know, the newest uh, the newest book that I've had that you asked about a while ago yes. is called Conspiracy of the Gods: oh, The Dark okay. Secret of the Inner Circle. Mm. Wow. wow, that sounds yeah. Yes, it does. It Doesn't does, that sound yeah. like Stephen King issue? It does. Yeah. <laughs> Unpack that a little bit. It's not, it's not quite like him. I mean, he's, he's really weird. And, but he is. I mean, he is, you know. Um, you gotta hear the story about how you come to write Cujo. I won't go into that right now, but, um, yeah, it's about a, a, a beautiful newspaper. You have to make them beautiful, you know, so everybody pays attention. Uh, a beautiful newspaper reporter named Ashley who uh, is, is jogging on the beach uh, one night, one evening, just kind of at dusk. And uh, she lives, she has a, a nice beach house her father owns on the beach there. And she stumbles over a dead body. She doesn't know what it is at first, but she almost falls on it. And, of course, freaks her out he's had the blood drained out of him i hate it when and, that happens yeah i know <laughs> i know it can ruin your whole day i'll tell you that uh so anyway she she along with a local pastor uh uncovers this secret satanic organization that's that has just about taken over ocean the the uh fictitious town of i think it's ocean view i named it and it's supposed to be in Southern California. It's kind of a combination of Pismo and, you know. Well, it had to be in California. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> Where else? Yeah, just I, I'm reminded what Dr. Walter Martin said. You know, he said uh, Solomon prophesied of California when he said, I planted me a garden of nuts in the West. And that's, you know, <laughs> and that's, you know, that's about sometimes, you know, sometimes the religions and the all that stuff that, you know, amalgamates in, in California. But uh, anyway, this, the whole story is about in the and uh, the the circle uh, hates it because the pastor has so much influence in, in the town. And mm-hmm. and so they they try to they use the mob to try to get him to uh, launder money 
drug money through his church. He refuses, of course, through a series of events. His his little five-year-old daughter is kidnapped by by the circle. You do it, or you know your daughter dies and become yes. a sacrifice. And that's mm-hmm. that's the premise of the book. And this is the new book. That's yeah, this out. is the new one. It's not a western. That you know, this is completely out of my genre that I've been used to writing, but wow. that's what it's about. And, it's and when that. might this be published? Do you know yet? Uh, it, it'll either come out at the end of the, this year oh. or the beginning of next sometime. Give wow. us the name again, yes. Dave. Conspiracy of the Gods. Conspiracy of the Gods. Mm-hmm. Wow. The, dar- the Dark Secret of the Inner Circle. Because, you know, uh, the New Agers believe that they are um, gods, you know, that man is just a part of the universal mind. And so it's kind of a new ages type thing, but it has, it does have the gospel in it. So that's, you know, I, I never write a book without having some kind of message of salvation in it. So. And, and where does this stuff, how do you get your creative juices flowing, Dave? Does it just occur to you or, or is there a process that you use? Well, first of all, I'm weird. <laughs> so you gotta be, uh, I'm not gonna come, I'm yeah. not gonna go there. <laughs> you, you gotta be weird to do this kind of stuff. Well, you're in good company. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Amen to that. I, <laughs> you're with me, aren't you? Yes, I am. I didn't get myself out of hot water there. Okay. Um, no, you know what? I, I don't know exactly where I, I, I come from. Um, I know I, Grew up reading science fiction by H.G. I read The Time Machine when I was oh, in sixth grade, yeah. and uh, I was fascinated by UFOs and all that stuff and and uh, weird stuff like that. I grew up on the Twilight Zone and mm. and uh, you know things like that. Rod Serling was a genius. Mm. I mean, he was. Mm. He was, yeah. he was yeah. way ahead of his time, and he knew human nature like nobody's business. Almost as good as Bill Cosby does. But, <laughs> but, He's uh, great too. Yes. And so a lot of this, you know, a lot of this is just an. It's kind of a homogenization of all of that, you know, when I was a kid. I never dreamed when I was a kid I'd ever, or in church, use something like this. But, um, I, you know, I, I read, uh, you know, I read a lot of uh, Dean Kuntz sometimes because I get some ideas from him. Uh, he's kind of weird, but he's not as weird as, as Stephen King, so I don't really read oh, Stephen wow. King. And uh, and uh, the thing about Dean Kuntz is he has things about God in it a lot, too. I'm not sure of his... Christianity, but he does d- talk about that, um, and, and it's just—I guess it's just a mixture of, of things. Me growing up, and you know, liking—you know—I like so many eclectic things. You know that that uh, it resulted in this, and uh, some of this is actually based very loosely on my on my life. Mm. Okay, it's very loosely. Okay, okay. but I do uh, I do mention my hometown. Of Salinas and Alisal and things like that, and my junior high and you know, um, and so that was that was the easy part because you know I could identify with that you know so. Now, did you say you started writing this or the idea, the concept before all the other stuff started happening? Yes. Okay. Yes, so I did. Just kind yeah. of took a break and mm-hmm. uh, and picking up on that. Right. Yeah, and actually, I I finished it before all this happened. In fact, my daughter who passed away, Chrissy, she edited some of it before wow. she passed, Aww. and I do mention her in the Aww. you know in the credits. Very, and, very special. But uh, but then I just kind of set it on the shelf because mm-hmm. I mean it was just mm-hmm. there was so much going on, and then mm-hmm. and then. Uh, my wife uh, now Paula her her ex passed away the next year yeah and they were very very good friends even though that they had been separated and divorced for mm-hmm. years and years and years and years uh, and so it was 
you know, it was, it's been quite a year, yeah. <laughs> quite, quite a three years, you know. Yeah. Well, we know Paula's listening tonight, so we want to say I a big so. hello, hello <laughs> to Paula, and, and we love her too. I know both of you, Pastor Mike and, and Dave, officiate your share of funerals, uh, and our song tonight, we're going to break here uh, for a little song, and, um, but in also uh, Phillips, Craig, and Dean. We love Phillips, Craig, and Dean. I, I hope that you love them. They share sentiments that we thought uh, would apply uh, to all of us, and, and uh, we thought of you. And here's nothing to prove. Let's listen to this, and we'll be back with you on Lighthouse Live. You taught me how to ride a bike, tie my shoes and fly a kite. How to swim and how to fish To see a star and make a wish Said it's okay to make mistakes Just don't get stuck in yesterday Forgive, forget and move ahead Cause life is what you make of it Now you're gone and all I have Are memories I hold dear if I'm quiet, I hear your voice still ringing in my ears. Say live with no excuses, love with no regrets. Laugh a lot and leave this life with nothing left unsaid. Make this world a better place, don't be afraid.
Craig and Dean, nothing to prove on Lighthouse Live. Isn't that a great song? Talk about gifted. Those men are gifted, aren't they? Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, for for so long, just in, in incredible words. Uh, Dave, we were talking uh, just before uh, listening to Phillips, Craig, and Dean there about uh, your new book coming out, but also about, uh, I I think, an overarching need for the body of Christ to be engaged in the culture. You know, to, to be, uh, you know, in the world, but not of it. And, uh, just brought to my mind a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to a lecture by a guy that is in charge. I think he's the, the technical operations officer for Sony animation. I mean, all the big Sony, uh, animated films that are coming out that have come out, like the, the Green Hornet and, and, uh, I think Spider-Man and, and, uh, a couple of others. Uh, this guy's in charge of all of these. He's a strong believer, young, young guy. And, um, somebody asked him, you know, how do you deal with the fact that in this entertainment industry, especially today, you're dealing with immorality. You're, you're dealing with stuff that, that, you know, just, makes God cry, you know, you would think. And he says, you know how I handle that? He says, here's how we found a a really great creative way to handle those issues. If there's something in the animation that we feel is immoral or it doesn't send the right message, instead of, you know, bumping heads with people, we suggest a better way or a better theme that will make the movie better. Isn't that a wonderful way to approach it? Absolutely. You know, provide something that is going to be more creative, that that is even a better answer, that may even make, you know, more money. But I, I think the overarching lesson here, Dave, is that we need to use our gifts and talents in the marketplace and engage the community and let God work through us, through those open doors, don't you think? Absolutely. And... um we, you know, you know, instead of, instead of kind of, and I'm not making fun, but instead of kind of like your grandma or even the way I was raised, sometimes, you know, uh, we we see something or we hear something about or we we see something on television or we see something in the movies and you know, instead of running away and going, it's of the devil, it's of the devil, you know, right. you know, one of the things we can do is you use that as a teaching tool for our kids, mm. okay? Because you're you're not going to find a lot of. Uh, biblically based movies or or television shows today uh most of them are going to be uh well they're going to be part of the culture that we live in okay and uh but rather than shielding your kids from every little thing like that you're not really preparing them for life and uh for instance you may you may have a a sitcom or something where the girl gets pregnant out of out of wedlock okay well, we all know biblically that's wrong. Uh, and so the best thing to do is, you know, and that may not even be the center of, of the show, you know. It's just that may be one of the things that happens. In it. And maybe the rest of the show is pretty good. Well, one of the good things you can do with your child is sit down with them and say, what, can you tell me what, what you think was wrong with that? What does the Bible say about that, you know? And sometimes we can really let kids see the pitfalls before they make those those kinds of mistakes, you know. 
we, you know, and and there are probably a lot of people that may disagree with me uh, on those kinds of things. But I think uh, Jesus said we were to be a light, and admittingly, Christians in the industry um, are few and far between. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. you have wonderful Christian men. Uh, like Stephen Baldwin, one of the Baldwin brothers that uh, gave his life to Christ and was totally changed. Mm-hmm. Patricia Heaton of uh, Everybody Loves Raymond uh, fame. Um, and of course, you have my friend Richard Keel, who's, who, right, by the way, right. is still making t- movies. Yeah, I can't is he really? Yes. Is that right? yes. He made one not too long ago. He, yeah. d- he did one of the voices in one of the animation ones. I forget what it was, but... but uh, you know, it's, it's few and far between, you know, but... And we need to pray for those people right, because right. they are they're facing a they're facing a lot of opposition. They're up you know? against it, aren't Absolutely. they? Absolutely, and and we need to we need to pray for them, you know, and not not be like uh, some people were with B.J. Thomas because he wasn't singing all Christian songs a few years ago. He got you know ripped by the body of Christ because you know, and he made it clear, you know, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a Christian singer. I am a Christian. Who is an entertainer? We yes. shoot our own, don't we? Yeah, and what's, that's and he's the one who coined that phrase. What's what's up with that? Yeah, that that we that the church is the only army that shoots its wounded, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. But we need Christians in the industry. We need Christians in radio. We need Christians in the communications area, yeah. uh, because if it, things are ever going to change, how are they going to change if the church doesn't do it? See, and I'm of the opinion that if instead of uh, crying out against the evils of television when it first came out and and saying it's of the devil and we should stay away from it. I'm, I'm of the opinion that if Christians would have taken the bull by the horns, we would own ABC, CBS, and NBC today instead of having channels like 754 on the, you know, on the satellite thing or whatever. Yeah, right. And uh, so, I, you know, sometimes Christians are just a, a, an hour late and a dollar short, you know. <laughs> Well, you know, and I think there's a, there's a point there that we spend so much time cursing the darkness and not not a lot of time being the light. Mm-hmm. And you know, we God God created us to be salt and light in a world that has fallen. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think so many times we we think, well, we're going to make the perfect world, and and you know, mm-hmm. then we've got it set. Well, you know, God, it's never going to be that way until Christ returns. Mm-hmm. You know, the purpose that, that we have is to be that salt and light, and it is assumed that the world isn't going to look like us. Mm-hmm. Our job is, is, to, is to be there and to influence and to love people into the kingdom. And we get into this compartmentalization thing, don't we? You know, here, here's church, here's our faith, here's our work, here's our school. I don't think God designed it that way. No, and I, you know, one of the biggest mistakes I think Christians make is they expect the world to go by Christian standards, yes. and they're not going right. to do that. That's exactly That's right. You know, yes. you're, they're not. I mean, let's face it. You know, they they really don't get us. You know, but I'm afraid some Christians don't get them either. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and I'm not saying you should think like the world and act like the world. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying sometimes you need to put yourself in their place and yes, try to yes. understand what their mentality is before you can really communicate with them. You know? Well, I, I think there's a point to developing relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're so afraid of, of catching spiritual cooties, you know. I mean, we, <laughs> we, we need to be out there. That's, That's good. good. I remember Isn't that, that good? We, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, God created us to, spiritual <laughs> to be out. Uh, we'll see that in your next book, right? <laughs> Conspiracy of the spiritual cooties, right? <laughs> yeah, <No>. okay. <laughs> or the attack of the, the spiritual cooties. The attack of the spiritual like cooties, yeah. 
it's so important for us to be engaged with the community and to to develop the relationships with the non-believers, and and that, that's what Jesus did. That's exactly he? what he did. Well, yeah, that's what he said. You know, he, he when he was with the Pharisees having dinner, he said, you know, John the Baptist came in righteousness, and you know, you said he had a demon, and he says, you know, I come eating and drinking. You know, yeah, you're going to call yeah. me a glutton and a wine bibber. You know, because yeah. you, you can't win. You know, mm-hmm. I think he kind of said that in tongue in cheek, but. Uh, you know, they were appalled because he hung around with people like Matthew, who was his tax collector, and he invites him to his house for this big uh, party, and mm-hmm. he goes, mm-hmm. and the, right. everybody else is just appalled because he's going to a tax collector's mm-hmm. house. They that are whole do not need a physician, but they that are sick, I've come to call the righteous, not this, not the, or I've come to call the sinners, not the righteous, to right. repentance. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. we forget that. You know, we again, it's, it goes back to the isolation as. Versus separation. You know. you know, we've talked a lot about uh, the many things, Dave, that you do, and another one of the things that you have uh, in common with with Mike is the chaplaincy. You guys go out on a lot of calls and you minister to a lot of people, and that really is to be commended. Uh, the unsung heroes, in in, in my opinion, uh, you guys do a lot of that. Yeah, it's been kind of quiet in series lately, which I'm very, amen. Which I'm very amen. thankful for. Yeah, amen for that. But uh, uh, I don't think I have ever. I don't think I have ever been on more of of a heartbreaking. I don't know how to explain it thing than I have since I've been doing the chaplaincy. Mm. You know, my first, my very first call was to a little six-year-old boy that drowned in the bottom mm-hmm. of a swimming pool, mm-hmm. and it just, you know, it just ripped your heart out. Sure. And and you almost, and I, Mike can probably attest to this. You almost have to uh, separate yourself from yeah. the situation, or you, you just you can't minister to them if you're right. blubbering yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and uh, that that was tough, yeah. very tough. You know, and what I find, Dave, is, is uh, you know, we and you and I have been on many, many, many calls, you know, through the years, and we've seen things, and you see death, the ver- various many different kinds of faces of death and suicides and homicides and uh, whatnot. Um, but th- there will be one that just sticks with you, you know, that, that affects you. I mean, after, you know, for me it was... Uh, um, this foursome, uh, two couples, and and they had their children, and they were riding dirt bikes in a uh, in an orchard, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the kids were sleeping, and these guys had been drinking, and you know, so they decided to go out in the dark at one a.m. in the morning, I guess, mm-hmm. and and ride their their dirt bikes, and what they do, I guess they were playing chicken or something, I don't know what happened, but their their dirt bikes came head on and all four of them pretty much died instantly and their their you know bodies were and for some reason and again you know, I've seen people with you know gunshots to the head and people run over by trains and for some reason those people lying there and the kids you know the had didn't know yet and the for some reason that still sticks with me you know and uh, I it took me a long time to uh, to recover from that it's very interesting how sometimes there's just stuff that that affects you, that you say, well, I have no idea. Uh-huh. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think for me it was when the um, the kids were hit by that truck in Syria yeah. yeah. crossing the crosswalk, yeah. and yeah. we were called yeah. to the junior yeah. high yeah. there yeah. to help console the kids. I, I think that probably affected me more than anything else. I was, after being there for several hours, I was going to my uh, my truck and um, – 
one of the newspaper reporters – or not newspaper, I'm sorry, uh, television reporters mm-hmm. from um, – I think it was from Fox News, um, the local one here, mm-hmm. Channel 40, and mm-hmm. um, stopped me and said, can I talk to you for a few minutes? And I did not feel like talking to anybody. Of course anybody, not. Of course not. But he was such a nice guy. I couldn't mm-hmm. turn him down. So I, you know, I talked to him, you know, and, and it was just – it was just a really heart-wrenching mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. you know. And I think it, it took me took me a while to get over that. And, and don't you think, uh, Dave, in those circumstances, many times it's it's not what we say. In fact, very little of what we say has any effect. But it, it's being there, mm-hmm. just being there, and and allowing the spirit to work through us, mm-hmm. and and just just to be. Especially with kids like that yeah. in junior high, yeah. you know, they're they're. You know, they're drama king and queens anyhow when you're in junior high, you know. Mm. But when something like that happens, I mean, they just go, mm. you know, they just go nuts. Yeah. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, and you're right. The, the the best thing you can do is just be there. Say, you want to talk? How are you feeling? You know, and, uh, you know, a lot of people think uh, that our that our kids are going to hell in a handbasket today. And, you know, they're all disrespectful and they're all, you know, angry. But, you know... Those kids were so respectful of us when mm-hmm. we were there. I have to say that, and and they they talked to us and uh, they cried and you know, and we just let them express themselves. But and, but yeah. none of them were disrespectful. None of them said, "What are you doing here?" or anything. It was just a very, uh, I would say it was it was a very pleasant experience as far as sure. being able to minister to them. It was a very tender moment. And as our, our very good friend Jim Hinman would say, you know, that was a very tender moment. And you were there with them at a time that they very much needed you. Mm-hmm. And you were sharing and, and the grief with them. You know, he tells us to weep with those who weep and right. and, uh, and that. But I've, I've seen you guys in, in these kinds of circumstances. And it is just a, a very tender moment to be there. You are their rock at that moment. Yeah, and sometimes you... You, you may feel not like, feel like you the feel rock, like you're a piece you, of soap, right? Yeah, the absolutely. Rock, but you're not. You are the rock at that moment. Well, and you know the 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 truth is, I was talking to a pastor uh, today, and 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 you know he he was saying that uh, he he was ill prepared for his church assignment, you know, and, and oh. just just coming out of cemetery, uh, seminary, <laughs> and <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> and really, you know, unless you have some life experience. Uh, our friend John Engel, our ever ready bunny here at ABC, would say, "Unless you have some bark on you, mm-hmm. um, you really aren't equipped to to shepherd." And and Dave, you know, looking through what you've been through, and and uh, you know, I, I'm thinking as I as I was doing funerals, it wasn't until after my dad died and I did his funeral that I I had wow, there's an added dimension to this that I'm gonna you know that. And I, I would assume going through the experiences with, with Pam and your daughter, Dave, that that gave you added equipping, added insights, uh, just just a, a, a new way of dealing with people on a deeper level than you had before, I would guess, wouldn't it? Yeah, the first thing that it did is it really brought home uh, and made me aware of my own mortality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're young, you don't think about death. You know, you think you, you got the world by the tail on a downhill 
pool and you know when i was younger i i had never lost anybody i i lost we, we lost a, a good friend to leukemia when i was I first got saved first funeral i ever went to 15 year old boy mm. uh, jeffrey west and and um, you know i'd never been to a funeral before and boy that really affected me yeah. mm-hmm. but it didn't bring home my own mortality i was so young you know you don't mm. think about that kind of stuff but when you start losing people I lost my mom and dad about 20 years ago then you know and even then it didn't really grip you you know but boy when i when i knew i was going to lose pam mm-hmm. and i finally lost her i lost my daughter it really brought the fact home that we are all going to go that way unless christ comes you know and when i was younger i i was not a cry baby i couldn't cry very much i didn't i mean i it, it just i never had anything bad happen to me mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. But you have to go through the school of tears sometimes before, you know, I, now I can cry at the drop of a hat, you know. Yeah. And I even cry at funerals of people I don't even know. When I do, you know, because Franklin, I, they might do the same thing with you, but Franklin and Downs calls me yeah. at least twice a month to do a funeral for people that I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that uh, you get a format that you go by. And, and uh, But then when they close, when they, when they, when everybody else goes out and it's just the family and the coffin, and you as the minister there, and you watch a husband or a wife mm. go up to uh, the person that, is, that has died that they have been married to for maybe 50 years okay. and watch them yeah. shed those tears mm-hmm. or, or maybe lost a daughter like I did or a son. You know, it's so unnatural. Mm-hmm. You know, I cry with them because I don't know them, but... I can't help it. It just, you know, I know how they feel, you know. Not everybody can say that. Right. See? Yes. You know, one of the most appalling things for some people to say is, oh, I know just how you feel. No, you, mm-hmm. if you've never been That's through right. it, you don't. Mm-hmm. And I know they're just trying to be kind, but it uh, uh, it really it really can affect you, you know. And uh, so, yeah, it, it has helped me really understand uh, the loss of people. And... And, uh, and I bring that up just about every time I preach a sermon mm. about I know how you feel because I've been through this, yeah. you know. And so it does really help me uh, identify. And God helped me through it. He can help you if you let him. You know? And that, that divine touch mm. that no human can give us, it's that okay. divine presence in us that really is inexplicable that gets us through it, isn't it? Absolutely. Mm. We have a marvelous pastor, uh, Adam Miller, that's yes, our senior yes, pastor. You do. He's younger than I am. You know. <laughs> uh, he's not young enough to be my son. He's mm. like my younger brother, maybe. Um, but uh, when my daughter passed away, um, the morning before she passed away, mm. I, I walked into Hospice House, marvelous facility. Yes, yes amen. There yes, in, yes. In, uh, in Houston. And um, she always had the habit of saying, Hi, Daddy. That, that's how she greeted me mm-hmm. most of the time. And I walked in there, and she said, Hi, Daddy. And I said, Hi, honey. How you doing? She said, Fine. And she was eating. I couldn't believe she ate almost to the last day. And uh, those were the last words that she ever mm-hmm. said to me on mm-hmm. planet Earth. And the next day, she went into a coma. And and uh, I stood there, and I held her hand as she passed from this light into the next and uh, when she passed, uh, and Pastor Adam had come down there, and I was sitting down with him, and he said, 
I said, uh, and I told him that the last words that she said to me was, hi, daddy. And he said something so precious to me. He said, and that'll be the first words she says mm. to you when you get to heaven. Mm. Yeah, amen. amen. And that he will never know how that blessed me when he said that. Yeah. And you know yeah. what just occurred to me? That'll be what she says when she sees her heavenly father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Hi, daddy. We're, uh, you know, God's time is eternal. Unfortunately, ours isn't. We're bumping the clock just a little bit, uh, you know, in about two minutes left or so, uh, Pastor Dave. What, what, uh, words of, of wisdom from the Lord do you have for believers today in this culture? And again, we've talked about the various ways you've been gifted and how you've leveraged those at, at, uh, the moving of the Holy Spirit. What would you say today to encourage people to engage their world with the skills and, and the giftings that God has given them? Well, I think, first of all, they need to use the gifts and the skills that God has given them. And, uh, we need, as, as the church, we need to be the ones to affect the culture rather than the other way around. And the only way that we can do that is if we get involved with the culture. I'm not talking about getting involved with sin or whatever, but getting involved in, in, in things that are going to make us part of the community, yes. part of the, just like you're doing here in Advancing Vibrant Communities, being a chaplain. That's, you know, uh, uh, Adam encouraged me, Pastor Adam encouraged me to be a chaplain because... Mm. You know, he said that's a good way to get involved with the community. And, and, you know, so I I think that's the best way uh, that you can change the culture is becoming a part of it, not not part of the sin, you know, but part of uh, just part of the people, because the people are what counts. They're the one they're the souls for whom Christ died. You're not going to reach him by. Uh, having sitting in the four walls of the church. Amen, Amen brother. Pastor Preach Dave it. Broyles of Series Christian Church. We love you, brother. Love you have you to too. come back and see us. Thank you, dear friends, for listening tonight and sharing a piece of your evening with us here on Lighthouse Live. God bless you. <laughs>